Greetings, Voyagers, and welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 274, and I kind of have to keep it down a bit because I'm in the courtyard area or like garden area that four apartments share, and I am in Dubrovnik, Croatia, where it is hot, man. It is boiling hot, but it's so beautiful. I'll have some stuff coming from Croatia in the future, but this episode that you're about to hear was recorded in Dublin. I didn't have time to do my intro and outro there. Essentially, we just had like one of those travel days from hell um, where we were caught in the airport like all day long. The the queues for the, for the airport in Dublin are, they're so crazy. Uh, so we waited like two hours, two and a half hours just to try to check in and the luggage belt broke. And so we missed our layover and it was one of those hell days, but you go through the hell days to have the beautiful days because today was amazing. Um, but yeah, back in Dublin, <laughs> Dublin is a crazy mad city. Um, we, man, our first night, no, our second night, I think it was Saturday night and we were all sharing a hostel. Um, that overlooked Lord Edward Street and just the madness and the sounds and the chaos went until like 5 a.m. That is a city that likes to drink. Wow. (laughs) It is nuts. Um, But we went to a restaurant there called Pickle under the strong recommendation of JP, who was on the previous TV TV episode. And we went there because of a chef named Sunil Guy, and he makes unbelievable food. I think he said he was voted in, like, 2019 best best chef in all of, all of Ireland. Um, but he runs three restaurants. He runs Tiffin, he runs Pickle, and he runs Street. Pickle is North Indian food. It gets its name from the, like, condiments, the accoutrements that go with the meal, uh, and he had some wild ones. He brought us this four-year-old lime pickle. He had something in a jar that I'm now forgetting that he said was like 15 years old from his mom's garden. But we were just so blown away by the food there. This was one of those meals where you're sharing it with everyone and it's you almost feel like emotional. And everyone's just sort of moaning and <laughs> making like sounds of, of food pleasure and just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Try this one and just passing stuff around. It was awesome. Um, I had about a half hour to have a conversation with him and then I didn't even realize we had a party of six. I didn't even realize to, to, to even ask like, oh, should we, should we have a res- uh, reservation? Uh, so we didn't, but he squeezed us in, which was really sweet of him. So we had about a half hour to talk before they opened. Um, so I squeezed a lot into this half hour with him. But he's an awesome guy. If you go to Dublin, of course, go to pubs. Um, of course, have foods that are, I guess, more traditionally Irish. But you need to go to Pickle. It's it's an experience. It's so good. Um, so go to the notes for this episode, and I will have a link to his social media account and to uh, the restaurants and all that stuff so you can find out uh, where it is if you're visiting Dublin. Uh, if you're not visiting Dublin, maybe you'll just find this uh, either entertaining or inspiring. I, I found it to be both. In the notes for this episode, there will also be a link to my Patreon account. That is where you can give monthly 
and get cool kickbacks like shirts and stickers and stuff from around the world. Right now I'm shipping out postcards. I have all my Irish postcards, uh, which I didn't have time to send in Ireland, which I will hopefully be sending from Croatia. All right, Voyagers, enjoy this conversation with Sunil Guy. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, it's a real, no, it's all mine. When we were in Galway, um, JP recommended one guy and one restaurant, and that was you. Uh, yeah, that's really high praise. Yeah. And he said something to me, this is off recording when we were finishing up, because we were talking a lot about ingredients here in Ireland. Yeah. And he's like, we raise goats here, and no one is using goats in their cuisine. Nobody. Why? I don't know. It was very strange, even for us, when we came in here. Um, I started working here in 2000, so it's been 21 years in Ireland. And in India, we don't eat, like, we don't have lamb. We mm -hmm. have goat all over the place. In our old cuisine, it's goat, goat, goat. This, and that's what we call mutton, you know? Right. So here, mutton is totally different. When I arrived here, there was no goat, it's all lamb, because it was tasting very different. Whatever we cooking, the taste was very different. Mm. So we have to adopt and do a few tweaks in the recipes to come to that level where the lamb works for the recipe. Yeah. It works perfectly fine now. But there was goat milk was available, goat cheese was available, yeah. but there was no goat meat. Nobody was using it. There were two things. One, it's expensive than lamb. Mm. And then second thing, they didn't have it. I think nobody t tested and nobody liked the gamey, strong flavor of it. Mm. But thankfully, uh, Year 2016, when we opened Pickle, my first aim was to have goat on the menu, simple as that. And we got it, that worked pretty well. Uh, we used to have, you know, there's a lady, um, she's a food writer, food critic, uh, Katie McGuinness. Mm -hmm. she's, she's very well known for the, to know the local produce from where it's coming. She's very well driven, you know, for the local produce and she, she promotes it like anyhow. She'll go to any place to, to taste or to eat if it is local and all that stuff. She's, she's that way. And she said, Sunil, if you want goat, I know where you can get it. I didn't knew. So there's a couple who comes from Belfast and they put it a small place in farmer's market in Temple Bar and oh, they wow. used to sell goat. And we got in touch with them. So we started buying from them. Then we went to Cork. We started buying from Cork. Now there's a lady in Rosslair, uh, Roscommon. She comes and delivers here. Mm. So it's getting better and better. And since then, we see a lot of goat in a lot of different restaurants and different menus. So which is a good thing. Yeah. So you were kind of a pioneer on that. Simple. Yeah. I have my copyrights. In <laughs> when, when did you come to Ireland? Year 2001. 2001. I came to Ireland. I came here to work for a, a restaurant, Indian restaurant. And then I stayed back and I opened all the restaurants, almost four openings I did for the group. It was quite famous, uh, Indian restaurants, uh, Jaipur and Ananda uh, mm. group. Yeah. So. yeah, I was curious about sort of like the state of Indian restaurants in Ireland at the time that you came here. See, there's, there's no point me be a judge for what they were doing. Or mm. they, it was on to us what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go, what we wanted to achieve. And I think in some, somehow we have done that. You know, it was very difficult in the beginning, whatever people were used to it. What happens, like, if I, if you don't know what coffee is, mm -hmm. if I give you a tea and say, this is coffee, that becomes coffee for you. Right. Is that correct? 
So this is what happened. When people were trying Indian food, somebody said, this is the korma. So they said, this is the korma I've been eating. So how come Sneel has a different style of korma now? Mm. I've been eating this from last 30 years, 20 years. Now this is a different style of korma, or different butter chicken, or different chicken to come and sell out, different I'm no one just. So if I sell you something which you don't know, you will believe in me and you will say, this is what I've been eating. So yeah. this is what it is. So those are the quite challenging times. But thankfully, people have started traveling. People are eating more different food in different countries. So they came to know, yes, whatever it is. Yeah, I think a, a good analogy, too, is I grew up outside of New York City in the suburbs yeah. on Long Island. And we had what I thought was Chinese food growing up, right? First of all, it's Americanized. But how enormous is China, right? So all of the different regions and cultures and people within China what is Chinese food? Yeah. India is an entire subcontinent. It's enormous. So to label one thing as Indian food, I think maybe can like lead people down like a, a misperception almost. It's very difficult. Yeah. You know? Even I come from India. My business partner Benny comes from India. Our chefs come from India. But there's no one know the whole cuisine of Indian food. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I can't say I'm, I know every single corner of India. Right. In I haven't traveled the whole corners of India. Right. It's such a big, huge country. And every hundred kilometers you travel in India, the way people look, the way people wear clothes, the way people speak, the food, everything changes. So that's how difficult it is and that's how different it is. Yeah. Food, you know. Basic, basic thing you pick up in Indian food is samosa. Right? You all, we all know samosa. Of course. It looks, it's triangle, it's pastry, inside you have potatoes. You know? And every culture has its like version of yeah, samosa. kind of. Yeah. But samosa, it's always looked the same. Yeah. Triangle, right? And there's always potatoes in it when you say vegetable samosa. It always has potatoes. Potatoes basic. You know? Yeah. Like Irish. We are, we are always love potatoes. We yeah. love potatoes. Potatoes. But the flavors and the, the spice level of, of the potatoes changes from place to place, mm -hmm. you know? Some places, if you go to Rajasthan, they'll have more chili in it, yeah? They'll have some uh, more fenugreek in it. The, it changes place to place according to their needs, according to the weather, mm -hmm. that's how it works. Climate, you know? Yeah. Why we eat more chilies in desert area or in Kerala where it's more hot, so that we don't get dehydrated, we drink more water with it. Mm -hmm. It's always logic, you know? Yeah. Things like korma. Korma is not only one place. Korma is from every region you have Korma. You have Lucknow Korma, North Indian Kormas, you have South Indian Kormas. You know? So South Indian Kormas are done coconut based. It doesn't have many nuts or anything, not very rich like North Indian Korma. Mm. So that's how different it is. That's why we decided to do pickle when we did pickle as a North Indian restaurant only. I come from North. I have a vast knowledge of North Indian food, what we do, what we eat. I come from a Punjabi family. We all love to eat. We die for eating food. You know that? Yeah. I can die for that. So that, that's how it is. We did pickle. That was the reason of bringing pickle as a North Indian only. Mm. So we are not, we are focusing on one corner. We are not focusing the whole map of India. We know what we're doing. So when I travel back home, I travel to North only. So I'll pick a few things from here, wherever I've not gone. I can't travel the whole country in four weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Take me 40 years to learn all that, you know? Yeah. So that that's, should answer your question. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, who was doing the cooking when you were growing up? My mother. Mm. Okay. As I said, 
we in india the culture is very different okay we used to live in a joint family mm-hmm. my father is the eldest of the of the of the whole family and he has brothers and sisters and all that stuff and the brothers are married and they have wives and they have kids so my mo- mother become the eldest of the family so the eldest of the family goes to the kitchen and cook always so we had around 16 17 people i think living in one house when i say one house it's not one room let me tell you that people are always saying in one room how will you living will be living in 17 people so it's just, it was a big house joint mm-hmm. family but the kitchen was always one Mm. So she'll go to the kitchen in the morning. She'll do need the dough for the chapatis or anything she'll be preparing. And I come from a vegetarian family. I started eating meat when I started to work in the restaurants and hotels and all that stuff. Before ah. that, I never ate any meats. You know, my mother will never cook, and she has never cooked meat or egg also. So I used to be her, be with her in the kitchen, helping her or going to the market, holding her bags and all that stuff. And I've always seen her happy whenever she was cooking. She never cribs. that i have to cook for 17 people i'm tired you know she she gets a lot of uh, relief or you know happiness mm-hmm. after cooking for people and that's that's this whole about when when i cook i cook it with, with passion and that's what i tell every chefs you know this is a very laborious job you have this industry is very laborious you have to work a lot many hours this and that but you will only enjoy this if you have a passion to do that mm. If you don't have a passion, then it becomes like a burden to you. Oh my God, I have to cook for another ten people. No, <laughs> you know I enjoy this. Definitely, we make money. We are here to do business, but I enjoy more. If somebody is not happy with the food, I go always go and talk to them. If they're not eaten, they they they'll never say, "Oh, it was not good." You know, they're very polite. All all people who ever comes to the restaurants, Irish specifically, they're very polite. They will never say, "Oh, Sunil, I didn't like it." No, oh, I'm full. Yeah. No, you're not full. When you come to the restaurant, you don't. You have not eaten your lunch also. That's why you go into the restaurant to have proper meal and enjoy whatever you're spending. So I always tell them, if you're not like that, I'm not going to charge you for it. Yeah? Mm. Like I run my other two businesses also, which is like Indian takeaways. Uh, I have Tiffin and Gaston, then I have Street and uh, Klonski. I even if somebody complains, I tell them, I will refund your money. They say, no, no, Sunil, I don't want you. No, 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 it's not about that. I'm just telling. And I always say that, you know, if you don't like my food, I don't need your money. Hmm. You know, nobody has money in their pockets just like that, hanging around and you're throwing on the streets. It's all somebody's hard work. Yeah. So it has to. If you don't like my food, I can't charge you for that. That's how I work. Hmm. You know, that's what I tell everybody in the kitchen also. Before you plate food or you give it to the guest, think: Would you be able to spend 20 euros for that dish or not? Hmm. Would you pay for that or not? If you think yes, you will, then give it to the guest. Hmm. If you think no, no, I won't pay twenty euros for this. Then how can you charge twenty euros to somebody else? Yeah, I mean, in some ways that sounds like a different mentality from from where I live in New York, where like everything is like, you know, move tables, move plates, make a buck. See, that's business. Yeah, you have to make money, but you have to do justice to people's money. Mm. Whoever's sitting here, he has some interest or some trust in us. That's why he's coming here and eating. So why you want to break that trust? Mm. Why you want to break that belief? Why you sitting here? Somebody must have told you to go to pickle and do this. Right, what right. you doing? And if you come in the afternoon and you don't like the food, you say, "Yeah, shit, man. <laughs> why did I waste my time?" Yeah, yeah no, that's, that makes that's sense. That's my passion. That's my belief in mm. my work. So, did mom teach you to cook? Mom taught me to cook. She, see, the time when I was doing all this in our family. the men's are not allowed to cook right like they were not seen as a on a 
high level that you are you are a chef no oh my god he has nothing to do that's why he's becoming a chef you know there's <laughs> no passion kind of thing like in our family men's will never cook the all women will go to the kitchen but that was long time back mm. when i started so the first reaction when i showed my interest in it it was mm mm-hmm. you're not doing this <laughs> the whole family against me but slowly 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 it has changed now this become a most reputable job this is more secure job nowadays you know everybody wants to become a chef everybody wants to become a manager everybody wants to work in a restaurant mm. you always have plus and minus of every, everything yeah you will never get everything right are there particular uh dishes or meals that you remember like most fondly from your childhood Oh yes like if you see the menu we have uh, potato cakes on the menu alu tikki i one minute ayush i check karega 6 ka table what time you looking for what time oh 3:30 sare din mein 6 log hai kya available ya nahi hai probably not okay done no problem really yeah. oh thank you so much that's okay. very kind yeah So those kind of things, potato cakes, are always there in my memory because my father, my late father, he expired two years ago uh, in India. So he he used to t- take me to a sh- to a street where there was two brothers who were selling same potato cakes. Like they, this shop used to be one run mm. by his father. When father passed away, the two brothers got separated, and both started selling potato cakes. And they still have those shops in India, in Gwalior, in my hometown. So my father used to take only one shop always and he said this is a place for the aloo tikki. Mhm. And the same guy is selling the his brother is also selling the same potato cakes but he'll never go to him. I said why? He said this is the better than that. Wow. You know that's because of the passion nothing else. Mhm. So those kind of potato cakes is always there on my menus wherever I go wherever but whichever restaurant I open those potato cakes stays in there you know. And then chickpeas and fried bread which is called chana bhatura mm-hmm. i always love them because that's my not a childhood memory that's my memory when i was when i started working for hotels and restaurants and when i was staying alone and going and eating out you know when you get little money but yeah. you have to survive so you eat chana bhatura which is quite filling chickpeas fills you very quickly and then on top of that it's a fried bread mm. and it comes from punjab that's another reason why i like it it's always there on our menus I started liking goat, chicken, butter chicken, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So those those are the particular things which is. See, I always said to people when I go to the table, they always say, "Chef, what do you suggest?" I say, "You are asking the wrong person, the wrong question. Everything is good on the menu. <laughs> yeah. It's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, people yeah, of say, course. What's 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 the best? I say, this is the wrong question. You shouldn't ask this to me. Everything is good on the menu. Try it. You tell me the preference of meats, what you like. Then I'll tell you, okay, go for this one then. Mm. If you like, I love lamb. Okay, then go for the lamb chops. Try them; they're lovely. They're different. That's how it works. Yeah. If you ask me from twenty dishes, which is your favorite? You're asking a mother which child is your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> you know that way. I saw you uh, post once. I think it was to an Instagram post about uh, like the box lunches you used to get on the trains, and I was yes. wondering if you could talk about that. So, when mm. we did the pickle and we were doing lunches. it has to be done very quickly so what reminds me when we when we still travel you know this is this is only happened maybe 10 7 8 years ago when we started to travel in train when we go back so you have set lunch breakfast mm-hmm. that's what you get so you get a lunch box kind of thing 
you know, which is like a bento box, but it's not a bento box. It's an aluminium foil. You have small, small containers in it. You have lentils, you have rice, you have everything. So you get that in the tray. So that's what, and we wanted to do it in a quick way. So in 35, 40 minutes, you have to, the person has to go. They only have a break for one hour for the lunch when they come to eat. So in 45 minutes, so it has to be express. So we start thinking express, express. So train came in my mind and that's how it, it started, express mm. lunches. And those meals were, they were like quality, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just funny to me because a lot of times like the, the fastest food that we'll no. get. So what we do, we, we used to have four style of different boxes. Ah. So you have fish, you have seafood, you have chicken, you have lamb, you have veg, four. So every day the dish is different. So chicken today is butter chicken, so tomorrow ah, yeah. it might be chicken curry. And then you have some veg. So today if you have a vegetable korma, tomorrow you might have potatoes. Then you have lentils. Then one salad stays. So you have a healthy thing. You have salad, you have a small bit of rice, so you get starch. Then you have one piece of naan bread. You have one samosa or one kebab, you know. Ah, yeah. And you have a raita and pickle. So it was quite substantial and it was quite healthy for people to eat. It's mm. not something which is done through the bain mary. It was going through the a la carte way only, but it was done in a quick, quickest way we could do. Mm. Instead of having 40 dishes on the menu and lining up, one butter chicken, one chicken korma, one lamb rogan josh and this and that, you have four different boxes. But mm. each box has five different compartments in it. You know, it was, yeah. a, th it was a brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. um, why Ireland? How did you end up choosing okay. Ireland to come to? Ireland was never on my map. Mm. Never. I, whenever, see, when we are in India, we always dream of going abroad and learning and making money. Simple as that. Okay. The passion is there, but definitely you get better money also. Mm. Because the economy is different. The... So Australia was the first thing always in my mind to go to Australia. I never thought of anything going abroad. When I was working in Oberoi in Shimla, one of my chef, my executive chef, knew the owners of Jaipur Group, Ashish. They were both friends and they were both chefs in Oberoi's before. Mm -hmm. And he was looking for somebody and I was wanted to go abroad also. So he said, Sunil, you go to Ireland. I said, Ireland, where it is? It doesn't, I can't even see it on the map. Okay. He said, it's a small island near to London, England, he said. So he said, okay, it's next to England, so let's go. Because there's a lot, lot of people from Punjab, Punjab, they're all in London. Yeah, okay. England. So that's why we said, okay, no problem. And that's how I ended up here. But when I came initially, I never liked it because mm. of the weather. Yeah. It rains anytime <laughs> it can rain. You yeah. can't even predict what's going to happen next one minute. But the people and the warmth and the welcome I got, it was so nice, so generous. Two, 2006, I started preparing to go to Australia, as in to go immigrant, you know, to get a migration there. And I applied, and 2008, I got my first award in Ireland. 2006, I got the first award, then I got 2008, I got the award. I started getting recognition. But I still got my PR done, and I went to Australia. I did one food promotion there in Melbourne. I stayed there for 15 days, I did all my paperwork, and I was all prepared to coming back here, closing down everything and going back and staying in Australia. In 2009, I got the biggest award in Ireland, best chef of, of, in Ireland. Wow. So it was not only Indian, it was all over cuisines I got. And then I said, no, there's something else written here, so we'll stay back. And I never mm. looked it back and never moved from here. That's how it ended. So, you know, there's, there's a saying, there's a destiny. Every person has their destiny. Everything is written for you already. That's what I believe. People must be thinking when I'm talking like that, that why, what the hell is he talking? It's not anything. But yes, I believe in that. There's a destiny. You know, mm. there was a belief. That there was a destiny written you and me talking. Mm. It was 
did you had it in your mind six months ago that you'll be coming to pickle? <laughs> no. And you'll be sitting like that and talking to me? <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah. So, I didn't knew you. Yeah. Only four days ago, I, when I saw the mail and you said JP, I said, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And I always help. I do, I do this immensely with a lot of students in UCD. They come and they have their projects of the business, this and that, they want to talk. And I always help them out. I've done this always. And I love talking about my food. Mm. I take pride in it. Where we are today, if I look at 21 years ago, people were afraid of eating meat on the bone. Especially really? Indian. Yeah. We never used to have chicken thighs on the menu. It was always chicken breast. Ah. The first time when I started, went to London from here, and I saw everybody was using boneless chicken thighs, which is the best part of the meat. Juicy. And I said to my owner when I came to Ashish, I said, we should start using it. He said, Sunil, don't try it. You'll have problems. I said, no, I want to take a chance and do it. And I did it. That day, we had 17 complaints in the restaurant. And I went to each and every person and apologized that I used it today because we didn't have... I have to give some stories. So I said, we didn't have fresh chicken, so I used <laughs> yeah. this. But it was horrendous. But now, see, everything has time to to come to that level. When people were traveled, people see new things and they, they start believing in me. Yes, whatever he's doing, he's doing right. Mm. And that's how it started. Now we use lamb on the bone. We do tandoori chicken on the bone. We do lamb shanks. Those kind of things. Think of a goat. Nobody was eating it. Now people dying to eat goat. This is our signature dish on the menu. Since we opened, we haven't changed any bit on the recipe. Still the same. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> You know, and people who, when they came in, when we opened the doors of this place, and we said, people used to ask, what should I eat? I said, to go try goat. Mm. Goat, oh my God. I don't like it. I said, try it. If you don't like it, send it back to the kitchen. And they never did it. Mm. So they must be like it. My understanding of Ireland is that in more recent years, it has become more progressive politically, socially. Definitely. Um, in the States, it, we're sort of divided along political lines on issues of immigration. And I live in a city that is incredibly diverse. And I know every single food and service industry entirely relies upon the work of people who've immigrated to New York. Uh, it would completely shut down without it. Yeah. How difficult was it, like, coming to Ireland and establishing yourself and, and starting a business? Were there avenues that helped to assist in that? It was quite difficult. Ah. Things have changed. You know, okay. when, when, see, there, there, there's a line, you know, for everything. When you do things properly, when you provide your details, your everything, it, it gets, you get responded to that, you know? Work permits, we only get chefs for the work permits, you know. Through the work permit only, we can bring the people here to work. And mm. you need ethnic chefs, you need trained chefs to work on tandoor or to do breads or kebabs and all that stuff. You can't have anybody standing in the kitchen and cooking for you because it's a different cuisine altogether. It's ethnic cuisine mm. that you need. So we, we had difficulties bringing people in initially, but now we don't because we established now. Mm. So, and even the government has changed a lot of things accordingly people's need and we create a lot of employment you know mm. in in pickle we have around 27 28 people on on payroll wow it's a, only 60 seat restaurant kitchen we have seven chefs two kitchen porters three kitchen porters so 10 in the kitchen and you have floor you have people who comes to clean and people who work that way you know mm. so when when we work we create employment we we bring pride to the nation also yeah of course 
Yeah, like I said, I'm on the I'm on the the west coast of the country, and I'm told one place to go. See, in Dublin, it's you. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I asked you about goat. One thing that I've been blown away with, uh, or blown away by here in Ireland, is because we were mostly in the south. We we haven't been in the cities much, but yeah. is dairy and like the butter and the just best, the richness the best of dairy it. in the world you'll get in Ireland. So yeah, like w- talk to me about like what are you u- able to utilize locally that like just is, you're able to everything enhance. Everything is everything is local here. Even the yogurt ah, what we use is local. Okay. The cream we use local. The butter is local. Yeah. Milk is local. This. The the best part, the best things in Ireland are even the potatoes. The best quality of potatoes you get in Ireland. Mm. You have the best lamb in Ireland. You know, the best Why? quality lamb, spring lamb. The grass, the green, yeah, okay. you know, the, this is the feed. Whatever we eat, it shows on our body. Mm. So whatever you will feed your animal, it will show up there. Mm. You know, we have the best dairy in, in, in the whole world, I think. The yeah, quality of butter, if you churn your own butter and you make your own butter, you'll go amazed by it. I used to do that here. Churn my really? own white butter, yes. We did it. For special tasting menus, we used to do that. Where we eat like a pre-dessert kind of thing. I did it for uh, when the Amsher one, two Michelin, the whole team came here. Uh, a restaurant owner and his whole team came and we did that a bread and butter and sugar. And he was blown away with it. Yeah. Did you know that before you came to Ireland? No. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I didn't know where does this exist on the map. It was never on my thing, never on my list. Mm. It was always Australia, Australia, and Australia. Mm. I never thought of it. I know you said mom doesn't eat meat, but has, has she come to pickle? She's never came to Ireland, never. She's really? Never been here, no. But she's had your cooking. Yeah. 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 She, like, I talk to her every day. Yeah. You know, she knows where, what I do. She, she's seen me winning awards. She's seen me in the newspaper in India. So she gets happy now. She, she gets a pride. And, you know, the, she feels proud. No, no, no. I know he's my son. Yeah. That way, you know. So even I've done a, wrote, written a book also, which will be published next year in 2023. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's a cookbook or it's like. It's a cookbook, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I saw that you were really promoting. Um, Recipes that people can also make at home. Yes. Basic. Cause, yeah, because I would think that probably there's a misconception about the fact that, like, um, there's so much sort of required of the cooking of Indian food that goes into it. Like That's a perception what yeah. people carry. Oh, I have to cook Indian food. I have to have so many spices, so many things. No, you don't. You just need the right balance thing. What you need is a small spice box you need, five spices you can cook at home. Restaurant cooking, home cooking, two different things. Mm. You can't combine both of them. When you go to the restaurant, you don't want to cook home-cooked food. You want to eat rich food. You want to treat yourself. When I go to Chinese or when I go to French, I don't want to eat only one piece of bread and a soup. I want to eat proper meal. You know, at home we eat differently. The restaurant is different. Mm. But when you're cooking at home, you can always do that with five spices. That's a treat for yourself when you're cooking a different cuisine. Mm. If I'm cooking a Chinese tomorrow at my home, I will not have the hot burners and woks and this and that. I'll cook it in any pan, whatever I have at home, no? Mm. But I try to bring to that taste level will be the same, almost. Mm. But it'll be a home-style food. It, I cannot call it a restaurant-style food. Mm. So my, even my, my philosophy about the book was also a home-style Indian cooking, which you can cook every day, every day at home. I've spent a lot of time in Indonesia, um, 
And let me think of something. Uh, so like, uh, there's something called boborayam, which mm. is like, it's a rice that's overcooked. It's not as like liquidy as a congee, but it's almost like a rice porridge. Kichiri. Yeah. And, and, and there's chicken and, salsa, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but no one would make it at home. Um, I think partly because it was relatively cheap to get out on the street. And also like, it's something you could kind of take with you on the go. Uh, we mentioned like samosas, and I'm wondering, is that is is that something that is made in the home, or would you as samosas a... are never made in home? Okay, that's what I was it's thinking. So you always buy it from outside and bring it home and eat it. Mm. Yes, I'm not saying people don't make it. Yes, people do make it. My wife makes it at home, but it's quite a lengthy process, so yeah. nobody does it. And there's always a special vendors for the samosas in India. Mm. You have, you know, you go to Brown Thomas to buy Gucci. Mm. So you go to streets in Gwalior or in Delhi, you'll have a special shop to buy that samosa from that shop only. Like my father will only go to that potato cake shop, not to anybody else. Mm. So these are, those are the favorites. Okay, that makes sense. I know you're about to start, so I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, if somebody's coming to Dublin, what are a couple of places that they absolutely have to eat at before they leave? Definitely, they have to visit Pickle. Yeah, of course. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to really treat yourself and if you want to go through the proper journey of Irish local cuisine, you can travel, go to Chapter 1. You know, Chapter China Szechuan in Sandyford oh. to have proper Chinese meal there and a classy meal there. You can mm. go there. You know? And uh, there's, there's a lot of places, small, small places like Temple Bar. They should visit Temple Bar to mm. see the history of Ireland and enjoy the gigs in the evenings in the pubs while they play the live music. Mm. You know? Those kind of things. Okay, um, I really appreciate this. Oh, always a pleasure. I'm very excited to, to have a meal in a half hour here. Um, so cheers, thank you so much. No worries at all, thank you. That is a wrap on episode 274 of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thank you so much, Sunil. Thank you, JP. Wow, without meeting JP, I wouldn't have even known to reach out. And this was, this was top five meal, like ever, like ever, ever. Um, so wow, what an experience. I am going to have some stuff coming to you from Croatia very soon. And then, uh, we're going to bounce back and forth, I think, between Croatia and Bosnia uh, and Herzegovina because of the way that the border is down here. It kind of snakes its way down. And where I am in Dubrovnik, it's a very thin piece of land and it's, it's, it's easy to get over into Mostar, into, uh, into Bosnia. So I think we're going to do that and then head back into Croatia. Either way, lots of stuff coming to you. I'm on the road, I'm traveling, I'm recording, so I'm happy. Okay. Signing off this time, Voyagers, please, please, please take care of each other. I will catch you very soon.